Comics Toss, Episode 8, The Final Decision. Welcome to Comics Toss, the show that breaks down animated series that came from comic books in a way that they were never supposed to be broken down. It also <laughs> breaks down when people have to work. That's and, true, Stiz. Yeah, 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 that's true. And breaks down. So, we are on the last episode of Season 1, and we will have a slight announcement. to You know what? We're just going to go ahead and do it here. We've been debating what to do with this, and we have an idea. Um, this show, because there's a lot to cover, we're going to be covering Season 1s. So, this was Season 1 of the X-Men, so this was the last episode of this, and then... We will move on to another show, and another show, and another show, and then at some point, if we come back and do season two, like if it gets requested or something, that's fine, but in order so that we can actually cover material, because otherwise we'd be here with X-Men for quite a while, we are going to review season ones, and we already have kind of an idea of what to do for the next show, but let's go ahead and get into this so that we can actually finish season one of the X-Men and talk about our final thoughts. Reploid Bill, William Bush. Seth Lovell, Sario. Scott Action Jackson. And contact. Hey guys, I know you're about to get your podcast on, so I'll be quick. If at any time you feel like dropping your own opinion into what we're talking about, head on over to FandomNight.com and all of the contact information for every single one of our shows, including the one you're about to watch, is there. Alright guys, I'll leave you alone. At least if the kitty would come back over. <laughs> wow, that just got on there. It's true. Okay, so here we are talking about the final decision. This was the last episode of season one, and it starts with Professor Xavier realizing that his watch was magnetized because it replays the end like yeah. animation often does. Yeah. And we figure out that Magneto has abducted Senator Kelly... <laughs> This is a foreshadowing for the movie. <laughs> now look. This part bothered me. And my note before it was destroyed was, why not just kill him now? Yeah, that's kind of my first note is like, how many times could Magneto have killed him between now and when we actually see Magneto cornering Kelly? And that was, ex that was expressly why he was there, was to watch Kelly die. Then Kelly didn't die, and so instead of just killing Kelly, Sentinel shows up. he abducted him to take him somewhere else to kill him. Well, there's that, because um, technically my first note is from the, uh, the backstory dialogue of window bullshit, because it's been so long since we've done this show, I had to go back and watch the end of Days of Future Past. There's no Magneto in a window just creepily looking in like... But he certainly was. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you see, Do I it. know you see him. Yeah, uh, he's in the window there. Do it. Do it. Screw it. Blew it. That would have been amazing if they would have went into that Do much it. detail, though, if he would have right. been in there in the other episode, but he wasn't. Yeah, like even just kind of show like a the silhouette of his helmet just kind of looking in. just Right, something you'd have something. never caught without looking for it. Yeah. But no, they... No, that's that's a load of bullshit. A, a purple cape <laughs> blowing off in the side of the window, like maybe it's at a different angle. Yep, nothing. But no, nothing. No. Um. So he abducts the senator because he's 
I don't know, because he's an idiot. Because he, he wants to start another mutant civil, human well, this, civil war. Because in typical, in typical villain fashion, I must monologue first before I do something. Even if that's the truth, why didn't he monologue in that office and kill him then? Why take him from the office, take him all the way to wherever that was, dump him in an oil tanker, hold him prisoner for a while, and then go... Sentinel ex machina? Yeah, then go tell him, (laughs) hey, by the way, I'm going to kill you. Like, he does a better job of killing him in the movie than in this cartoon episode. Well, even so, he would have killed him right there. This is true. But it just doesn't make sense why he drug him away to an oil tanker to kill him when he could have killed him right there. Yeah. At the at the office. Yeah. There was yeah, no reason exactly. to abduct him. That's and, so weird. And to make it even worse, I mean, technically speaking, if he's just worried about, oh, I need a whole bunch of metal to be able to kill you. Bitch, there are pens on the desk that have metal metal everywhere them. in that office. Yeah. Like, it's so yeah, weird, man. The, there's statues and shit that I know are carved out of metal. There's pieces of the wall. Yeah. Fucking use the hands of a clock. A so, lamp. <laughs> before before Magneto gets a chance to kill the senator, though, because he wasted so much time flying halfway across the country to drop him in some random location to uh-huh. prepare to kill him, Sentinels catch up to Magneto, rip the ship apart, and, and go al- after him. And oh, almost you sent robots to stop the master of magnetism. Meanwhile, robots stop master of magnetism. Plastic Sentinel. They're made... <sighs> Plastic sentinels. These yeah. sentinels uh-huh. are made from plastics. I don't know if plastics in any way whatsoever could generate the power necessary to shoot that laser beam. Yeah. Or to rip a steel ship in half. Yeah, that means that their plastic hand was stronger than that steel ship. It doesn't look... We can suspend our disbelief. I could have even believed an electromagnetic field inducer inside of the robot that somehow counteracted magnetic effects. Yeah. But a plastic sentinel? But he's this sentinel is made from plastic. That means he has yeah. plastic ch- processors, plastic chips, plastic computers all the way through, plastic wires, which carry electricity... Uh-huh. Plastic Electric. outer casing, plastic inner workings, plastic gears. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at exactly. all. But on the plus side, Magneto's surrounded by metal anyway. Now that was actually pretty cool. I thought it was cool that Magneto was like, "Okay, you got me there." But this whole ship is my weapon. Yep. And this brings up something that I've been curious about for long while watching this X-Men series, it's like, when are we going to see Magneto versus Sentinels? And here we go. Yep. Yeah, here we go. Now, I've said Along this... Along with a bullshit excuse, but here I've we go I've said anyway. this over and over again, though. You notice in the days of future past, when they're showing you what the future turned out like, there's no, uh, there's no Magneto. Yep. Sentinels are hard to kill. Doesn't matter how broken your mutant power you think you are... When these things come in mass, they're almost impossible to deal with. And especially if some are another material besides metal. Right, which... Well, uh, a a metal that can be magnetized. 
Technically, there are metals that cannot be magnetized. Yeah. Which would have made more sense than yeah. plastics sentinels. Exactly. So dumb. It would have been funny if he's like, yes, I'm made of plastic. Oh, wait, that means you can explode better. What? <laughs> no. no, that made what? no oh. sense. So, yes, he's left there for dead because the sentinels were not actually there for him. Yeah. They were there to retrieve Kelly. But they gave him a very brutal near-death beating. That's true. Meanwhile, Magneto is still banged up from a previous fight. You didn't notice? He, like, throws a couple of things, and then he grabs at his arm, which is bandaged. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't notice that. Yeah. I noticed it, too, because at first I was going to make a joke about how throwing around two things all of a sudden now his arm hurts. But I hit the rewind button again because I wanted to double-check something. Because somebody had yelled, so I think it was like my dad said that, you know, he went and he stopped and he got up some uh, barbecue ribs. And I was like, oh, fuck, dinner. So I rewound it, and when I hit the, you know, plus 10 button, you know, to go back 10, or uh, the minus 10 to go back 10 seconds. Like, it showed uh, fucking Magneto, and he's standing there, and his arm is taped with, like, Fucking white bandage tape that they use in wrestling when they have a fake injury. I've never seen that when when they, when we first see him. So it it's uh it's really weird because when he's just standing there, it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's like at that scene, all of a sudden he has yeah. it. So it's one of those weird animation things, like he was supposed to have already been injured from something else, but somehow. they didn't show it until later. Yeah, but anyways, he gets taken out. Not dead, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, the senators take Kelly, and they go back to... Master Mold's hideout. Yeah, I don't know where that is, to be fair. But yes, they go to Master Mold's hideout. Which, Master Mold is back. Yep. And he's pretty cool, to be honest. Like, this time he's not, oh no, I am still plugged in. Yeah. <laughs> this time we can get away from that. Yeah, and instead we get fucking Kelly and what's his nuts, the doctor guy are talking. And Trask. Kelly, yeah, Trask, and Kelly's like, Trask, God damn it! why didn't you get me sooner? Hey, it took me a minute. Well, look, motherfucker, and he's like, no, 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 look, you look, look, motherfucker. Because I know when you become president, you're going to need some shit, somebody to back you up and shit. Fucking make me that guy. Make me fucking Secretary of Defense. And he goes, Fine. When I become president. Now, Master Mold, take me back. No. no. I loved what that. What do you mean, no? I loved that when the, when the Sentinel was like, nah, replace no, his brain. Yeah. And then he says, he says, Robot this, brains for everyone. This, he says, this stupid Sentinel is defective. It's not listening to me. And he's like, no, it's, it's not defective. I'm no longer listening to you. Like, it, Master Mold was self aware so fast mm-hmm. and was built with the directive. To weed out the flaws of each batch of Sentinels. So if it figures out, hey, this guy has magnetism powers, there's no way I could send normal Sentinels over there to deal with him. I need plastics Sentinels, which makes no sense, but regardless. that That's the reason he sent those specific guys. Master Mold learns fast, and he's dangerous like you can't even believe. Because they basically explain he's an AI. Yes, and... As he was developing new Sentinels, he was also developing his own processors and their processors to be better and better, and he was self-learning until finally he was like, all right, if my major deal here is to stop mutants, but mutants are an aberration of mankind, and mankind, he was like, well, then you know what? 
humans. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, stop the humans. Mutants There's no more humans. mutants. Yeah. He's like, I don't see the difference. I'm a machine. I do not see difference. And he doesn't. It's it, it's pretty it's it's pretty cool though. And we've already been shown in the future that at some point Sentinels took out mutants. Then took out men. Mm-hmm. It happened. Yep. Mankind was wrecked by them as well. Because they're almost impossible to get rid of, especially when you have a machine that's just pumping them out. Yep. Pumping out maybe thousands at a time. Right. So, uh, and isn't this the point where the X-Men discover Magneto beaten? Yes, yep. they, they go to where they believe they're going to find Kelly. And what they find is what would have been Magneto's tomb. They find him, they help him, they bring him back, and then they start figuring out what's going on. And they're talking to each other, and they're like, this... Let's let's brain search Gambit, since he knows one of these guys, or saw one of these guys. Yeah, he saw Trask. Because remember that episode earlier... With that that, that uh, vacation place. Right, you know? and, it, and here's the thing about it. This is, this is what's interesting. Remember when you were kind of... Not liking the idea that Gambit played the bad guy role on purpose and he was screwing people he knew so that he could get in good with those guys so that he could later screw them. You kind of didn't like that aspect. Because he looks like he was going to keep screwing and keep but screwing. But it was that that gave us this. Because if he would have just played ball with everybody else, he would have never seen Trask. Yep. He only saw Trask... Because he was in that circle. By the way, that's not the only person that apparently Gambit has seen. Yeah, that's. I was going to bring this up too. Uh, when Ghost did Gambit, Rider. When did yeah. Gambit meet Ghost Rider? There was a couple other people too, but the one that really stood out yeah. was that Ghost Rider. Like, like the first person he thinks of is Rogue. Then the next, it looks like it Some could other be like chick. Emma Frost, maybe, or somebody like that. I'm not sure who that is, but yeah, I'll promise you it's I. not I Emma. It, I think it's like maybe like a, a, a past love interest, which I think will be brought up later, but for yeah. the fucking life of me, I can't think of it. But then all Rider? of a sudden, there's Ghost Rider just, rah, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I had to pause it, rewind <laughs> it, I was you like, meet him? what he's the had, fuck? He's had very extreme dealings with the Ghost Rider, yes. It's like, no wonder you're always afraid for your life. You had the writer on your ass. <laughs> no How shit. How the fuck are you alive right now? <laughs> right. Oh, man. Ghost Rider's like the goddamn Terminator, but better. Look, man. There are always more gators in the bio. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Look, so, okay. But the, they get to seeing this the creepy guy with the sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Now, they figure out what's going on, and they start talking about, okay, well, if they have the senator, and right now Master Mold is discussing his master plan, which his master plan is a little bit dumb, but it, but it, but it might not be. In a way, it's, it's dumb, but it's interesting. He's going to take a bunch of the humans that are in leadership positions. Replace their brains with... Replace their brains with a type of AI system that will make them look like they're still the same people, but he'll be in control of the national governments. Yep. Then he'll use those leaders to manipulate the field of government the way he wants until he has everything in place the way he wants it, then he'll attack. Yep. It's a smart idea instead of, I'm going to send sentinels out all over the place and shoot buildings. 
that would be dumb because sooner or later the government would in, would be like, okay, these Sentinel motherfuckers need to go get the nukes. Yep. But if he has control of the government before we ever get to that part, we don't have no nukes. Yep. We have no power like that that we can utilize. We can't use the military if the military can't take fucking commands yeah. from a normal human being. If the machine tells you what the fuck to do, and the machine says, don't attack me, well, even guess then, what you're not doing? Even the machine, if he, has, if he has people in the highest parts of government that are giving the orders, he could give... He could give orders that seem really intelligent, but actually screw us in the long run. Like, this is the strategy that we're going to utilize, and we think this is going to work, and blah, blah, blah. And, and then when everybody gets behind it, like, I think this is our chance, you go down there to use this new strategy that's been formulated, only to figure out that the enemy gave you that strategy, and now you're cornered. Yep, now you're shit out of luck. So, he had us. This is not a bad idea. Now... This is interesting, because the X-Men start deciding, well, what do we do here? And they're like, well, we go get Senator Kelly. And they're like, no, some of the X-Men are like... Technically, we still have a little bit to go with, because they see uh, Gyrick or whatever. Yeah. So they go and they go to chase his ass That's right, I forgot about that. Wolverine on Lincoln's lap. Yeah, first of all, Wolverine (sighs) is on Lincoln's lap. The motherfucker who's the hardest badass on the face of the planet... Who takes out a Scott and dodges a Gambit and gets the fuck away from a Rogue and he goes up to Lincoln's statue. He doesn't see yellow and blues and I, shit. I said it. that. That was one of my notes. I was like, how did you not notice the, the, the striking yellow and blue figure sitting on the solid white Lincoln lap? Meanwhile, he's backed up against Lincoln's legs and all he hears... Snicked, and he's like, what was that noise? Yeah, he heard that. Are you a genome soldier? <laughs> I'm staring right at you, Snake. What's going on? Do, do, do. What? Yeah, dude, he jumps down. What? Bring, what was that noise? What? I'm to be honest, though, you? too, the way he jumped, I don't see how Trask was not already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, he had both his claws out. He jumped, landed in the guy's stomach area. For a second, I was like, did he just stab him? But then he lifted up his arm, and he's like, I'm going to kill him. And I was like, I'm pretty sure you've already stabbed him. Like, the yeah. way you fell, he should already be stabbed. But he's not. Yeah. You should kids. be dead, mofo. Kid show. Not allowed to stab. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> and then Gyrick gets the call, being like, oh, by the way, Master Mold's fun going to take over. We're here with him. Oh, shit. Fun are gonna die, yeah. And they go, "Where is it?" That's right. Goes, That's how they figured out. That's how they figured out, and they had to go get Master Mold. Yep, I remember that. So now Magneto's been healing for a while, and then they figure, "Oh shit, we're gonna have to face an army." Well, that's just it. He's, Master Mold has already made thousands of Sentinels by now. When fucking Wolverine goes, "Let's do this." And Scott and fucking Storm look at each other like, ah, shit, we need creatine pancakes right about now. (laughs) Thousands of Sentinels? Ah, shit. So, they go, when they go home, this is the part that interested me. There's a debate as to whether or not to even do anything. Because Gambit himself was probably thinking, nope. He wasn't going. Yeah, he wasn't going. He wasn't going. He was the guy, when when everybody started getting their stuff, the very first person out the door... 
Yeah. That was Scott, like, we're doing this. Scott and Gene are like, or no, Scott goes, we'll be in the Blackbird. Yeah, Scott. So him and Gene are already waiting. Which this goes, this is this is exactly, this is the reason this show is important in interesting ways. If you go all the way back to the first episode, Scott was the last person on board to play terrorist. Yep. When it came down to throwing your life away to save a senator that had no love for you, but it was the right thing to do and the most positive action that may have yielded positive results, he was the first, he was one the first guy out the door. With his woman by his side being like, oh, baby, I love you for being so brave. He was like, he was like all right, we're going. He's like, you know what? You guys fight amongst yourselves. I'll be in the Blackbird. You know, I don't even Magneto's need the debate. Saying, you are fools. And he's got a point. Yeah. A Master Mold has thousands of Sentinels. We have been defeated before by ten. Yeah. Yeah. One is a problem for some of these X-Men. And Jubilee starts fucking freaking out. I'm going, Wolverine. No, mm-hmm. you're not. And she literally starts bawling. I'm a part of this team. I need to go. I need to prove myself. I need to be out there. And Wolverine goes, "Yeah, it was." But you're too precious to go. It was also. It was also one of those things. See, Wolverine but later Professor on. S- X gets good to go. This is well. This is inter- Well, X is a grown man, and he's yeah. already he's already dedicated he his, decision. his decision. <laughs> Jubilee's fifteen. Like, yeah, fifteen, sixteen. Now I will say this though. This is very interesting. I, uh, very interesting. It's crazy. This was a long time ago. This is 92. Now, you don't, you're not familiar with this necessarily, but look, years later, years later, there will be a moment in X-Men history called Schism, which oh, will God. split the X-Men in half. Mm-hmm. And it was over one thing. These kids... Need battle experience. Yep. Cyclops said they need to be trained and put in the battlefield. Wolverine said, no, that's bullshit. They need trained, supervised, watched, and trained again before they're ever put in a situation like that. And Scott said, the world is coming at us. We do it now or we don't do it at all. If we don't get them some kind of field experience when we're not there to watch them, they're as good as dead. Yep. They need to be able to stand on their own. And Wolverine said, this isn't about right and wrong or war or whatever we're getting into. These are children that need to be kept out of this situation till they're mature enough and ready enough to make that decision. Well, all this time ago, yep. Wolverine has always been of the mindset, Jubilee, you're 15 years old. You want this, but you don't know what it means. Yep. You don't know what going out there is going to mean. And she she's, cries. She's experienced one, maybe two Sentinels. She's had, okay, Sentinels, yes. Yeah, she's had, because there was the mall, and then there was, uh, fuck, there was another one. When she tried to go back home. Yes, yes, when she tried to go back home. Now, technically, she's been in combat, like, what, four fucking times? Because there was the two Sentinels, the Juggernaut, and something the fuck else happened, and I can't remember uh, The what Vacation Place. Yes, the Vacation Place, yes, Genosha. Yes. She's been in danger, but never placed in danger by the X-Men. Yeah, it's never been militarized shit. This is literally this is an operation. Is the same as fucking Civil War, where fucking Tony says, look, 
we're fucking up the planet. We need to be held accountable. And Captain America goes, yeah, we need to be held accountable, but we don't need to tell the bad guys where the fuck we live. And I side with fucking Cappy on this because the way Tony went about it is bullshit because both of them are right. It's the same thing here. Yeah. Scott, the world's coming at us. These motherfuckers are going to try to kill us. He's right. These kids need experience. But Wolverine's also right. They're fucking kids. Put them in the danger room. Teach them how to control their powers. Do and training. how to defend themselves. And let them be fucking kids. It's like going to karate when you're in, you know, fucking middle school. You go, you learn fucking karate or boxing or something like that. So when a bully shows up and slaps the books out of your hands and goes, Hey, nerd, give me your lunch money. You could go whap in the throat and they'll go, and you go, no lunch money. And you go back to being a kid. Do whatever the fuck you want. Scott literally wants child soldiers for the war. But you could also say, and this is exactly... <coughs> X-Men is so amazing. It's unlike mm -hmm. any other superheroes ever put down on paper. X-Men is very interesting because what he just said, Scott wants child soldiers. Now you would immediately say... Well, that's ridiculous, and Scott's wrong, and he's an idiot. We say, should be you, siding you with see Wolverine. That with Magneto more than Scott no, Summers. No, you don't. Look, you know, Scott was the first X-Man. He was 14. Wait, yep. wait, wait, wait. He was the first X-Man? Yes. yes. I thought like Gene or something No. Else. He Te was the first X-Man. He, yes. he was the very first student of Charles Xavier. He mm -hmm. was 14 years old, yep. and he was trained as a superhero. Now, his very first outing was at 15 years old against the Master of Magnetism during a military operation in which, in X-Men issue one, Xavier sent him out there. Yep. He and all of his comrades, including a 14-year-old Bobby Drake, were child soldiers. Yep. So where'd he get it from? He got it from the big head. Xavier, not the blue big head. Xavier put him fucked up eyebrows. Xavier put him on that path all the way back in the 60s books. Yep. And when it finally came to a decision in Schism in like 2010, they said, uh, Scott wants child soldiers. That's because he was one, and he thinks the value of what he learned through on-field experience is what has kept him alive all these years. So it's interesting that we get these kind of arguments because it's so well written. Nobody in X-Men, nobody, no, nobody in the history of X-Men has started somewhere and been the same person today that he was when he started. Nobody. Yeah, which gets even more hilariously ridiculous because when you think about it, Wolverine, as a kid, as James Howlett, was a child soldier... In, like, the Revolutionary War type of thing. Like, it was either the Revolution or the Civil War. I can't remember. I want to say it's the Civil War. But either way, he started as a child soldier. He's been in every war since the day he was born. Yet, as Wolverine, he knows, uh-uh, these are fucking kids. They don't need to see this shit. Why? 
because he's done wet work before. He knows the fucked up shit you can see. And as a kid, that shit you don't want to see. So these characters develop over time. And that's what makes X-Men so powerful is it's not about the punchy-punchy. It's about the philosophical and dramatic development of these characters. And in this moment, when they're making choices, episode one affected how they made their decisions today. Mm-hmm. And... As each person walks out the door, the last person to make a decision does not make a decision because he wants to go. Rogue says, and we're going too, and literally like picks his ass up. Well, she walks out the door, and she's disgusted with him, and he goes. And this plays into the later episode, the later in this episode when she will do what she does with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that is there. Because she knows that Gambit did not go because Gambit wanted to go. This isn't something Gambit believes in. Gambit went because she did. And because Gambit, Gambit thinks it's just throwing your life away. But he doesn't, he, he's not willing to let her throw her life away. Yep. You see, hmm. he went for her. Yeah. And this is, it's still the right choice. Made for the wrong, wrong reason. reason. He didn't go to be a hero. You're right. Yeah. He's like, uh, this is stupid. Yeah. All we're do I agree with Magneto. We're throwing our lives away. This is this is stupid. But if you're going, if you're going, I'll go. I'll go for you. Yep. That's the only reason I'm going. You know, when they left the mansion, a thought came to me. It's like. Couldn't they contact some more mutants, get some more backup? Technically speaking, they could have, but considering the fact that it was such short notice because they got to get there quick because they've already heard, Master Mold is kidnapping every political, doesn't yeah. fucking matter. If your dick has the word politician wrapped around it from some motherfucker trying to throw money at you, to solve their problem. I don't yeah. care if it's big tobacco, big oil, doesn't they, matter. They try to make this seem like it happened so abruptly, and it did, but they try to make it seem like they didn't have time to call anybody else. Yeah. Truth of the matter... They, they had a little bit. They could have called. No, truth of the matter people. is that animation costs. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You'd have had to pay more voice actors. You'd have had to pay a lot more money to get it animated to have more people like... And let's be honest... You don't want to really go ask somebody like Sunfire because his mutant power is being an asshole and quitting the team. Yeah. So it's not like he'd come in handy. He'd just be a prick, and then he'd quit before you got there. Well, yeah. then again, you know, plus good at luck, the same time, even if they uh, tried to get into contact with Colossus, last I knew, his ass was wandering the fucking planet looking for his sister. Well, I was going to say, also, good luck finding Archangel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. no telling where he is. There are certain people he could have called. Um, not that they could have actually had the time to go get them, but like Colossus is introduced. He could have went. Sunfire is introduced. He could have went. Yep. There's, uh, they, they had, he hasn't been introduced yet. Iceman. But Iceman could have went. Yeah. That's somebody they know personally. But yeah, like, so they go to the, they go and Magneto watches them go and, you fools, you damn heroic fools, yeah, he's, you brave fools. He's Always like, the brave ones who die first. He's contemplating the idea that they're going to go off and they're going to die. 
and that he's going to have to fight this war. But then again, as he contemplates this, friend. that's it. That's what gets him there. Because we're just going to go ahead and say that he'll he'll, appear. he'll go there. His yeah. Charles, for all the dispute they have, that is his best friend. And his best friend is walking into certain death. And Magneto is a high-class, ultra-powerful, ridiculously unstoppable mutant. And if he's to stand by and do nothing while Charles walks into this situation, he never deserved that friendship to begin with. Yep. So he decides to go. So we get the X-Men and Magneto fighting an army of Sentinels. And some of this but, was really cool. But are, are you ready to go down the elevator yet? <laughs> Dude. Here they come. Wait, what is this object? Yes! It looks like... The Ace of Spades. And that's all we're going to do. Look, I loved that part. When yeah. they're like, what is that object? And I love how it Sentinels... Looks like the Sentinels Ace are, of Spades. Boom! Sentinels are so brokenly powerful, but they're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny concerning how some of the episodes already we've brought up. <laughs> Ace of Spades. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I like he he gets down there and he looks at it. I look how close he had to get because they were like, "What in the fuck is yeah. that?" Even though in previous episodes they've shown to have telescopic vision. Yeah, they could do the zoom in yeah, thing, they could do like but the this zooming in. But this one sentinel. Like, oh fuck! Hold on, I can't see it. <laughs> Let me get my eye right up against this playing card. <laughs> A boom in the face. I gotta Dude. see what kind of playing card it is. That was too awesome. I'm sorry, it was too awesome. Meanwhile, on the surface, while, you know, fucking you've got Wolverine, Gambit, Cyclops, and Gene down. They go down into the facility. They're, they're like in some hidden department, like within... It's yeah. all a bunch of mine shafts yeah. and yeah. shit is where this is built. It's built inside of a mine shaft. So this probably has tunnels all over and yeah. whatnot. So they go in to the facility. They went into one and, of the and they leave wild. Xavier, Storm, and well, Rogue. Xavier and the Blackbird, because yeah, that is slightly important. It's Xavier, Storm, and Rogue to handle the bulk of the Sentinels. Oh, and, oh, Jubilee. and Jubilee. Who, oh. I got one. Hey, I got another. <laughs> that, oh, God. See, she she was dropped in this. See, here's the thing. They didn't have time to babysit her. And even Wolverine told her, look, if you go with us, you're probably not coming home. Mm -hmm. And sadly, you can see her inexperience because when things started going down, everybody had to worry about themselves. And she was left to her own. Yeah. And it was pretty, like, like, she's Storm still very much. Down, like Storm takes down like what? Six or seven. Rogue By the time my like... computer did what it did, I had Storm at. Four, one, 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 two. Okay. Those yeah. are the screens I was watching as she took people down. So that's four, five, six, seven, like eight, nine. She got nine yeah. by the time. Yeah. And Jubilee had taken down about seven or eight. No. On screen confirmed kills, two. Oh, yeah. And no, technically, right. I only gave her the second. I don't think making Tar fall on it. Killed it. It just made it inconvenient for it. Yeah, it's true. Because it. Professor oh, and X by the way, the Blackbird mowing him down. By the way, that Sentinel, <laughs> the first one gets blown away by Jubilee. 
Congratulations. You did that. Yeah. That was brilliant. Well she saw the water towers. She's she's been trained. You could tell she's not the same little girl that we started with in episode one. Yeah. She breaks the tower, it falls on him, she's fighting. Then she runs she runs from idiot sentinel. And yep. he clotheslines himself. Yep. <laughs> and then she blows the banister up, the, the canister, and it all falls on him. But he wasn't destroyed. He was just like, this sucks. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I got another one. And so then that one grabbed her, and her game was over, basically. because yeah, what is it? Then Rogue Professor Xavier out with the train. You said he's in the jet mowing people down. They should have given him a little more, because confirmed kills for Xavier, by the end of everything, is two. Yeah. No. Three. Yeah, because you're forgetting he kills. Mold, aren't he you? kills two, two Sentinels, and then, of course, when we get done with this, he will be the one that kills Master Mold. Yep. And what about Which, Rogue? by the way, i got to bring by up the how way, he does it. Most, uh, in terms of this fight, as we get talking about it, who do you think killed the least amount of Sentinels? Because it's going to blow your mind when I tell you on screen who killed the least amount. I guess maybe... Technically speaking, Jean is... I don't think she even took down one. This is a true statement, but, but... since she doesn't even rank, I didn't, I didn't put her Fair on the enough. scoreboard. Uh, I would guess maybe Magneto? Scott? Yes. Oh, Magneto yeah. killed... One. Yeah. One. Because there are five of them standing in this area, he pushes them. Yep. That's not a kill. He said, wow, and they were like, oh, shit, and they fell over. But they didn't blow up. He just pushed them, move. And then there was one, and he was like, wow, and he killed it. Yep. And then technically he assisted in the death of Master Mold, not his kill, though. Yeah. We could probably give it a tie. They we, both we, get an extra kill. We could, give him a, we could give him a half a point. But he got one. one. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. So let's see here. Storm got quite a bit of them. Oh, that's right. I forgot about but that point. How many, point. Did, okay, we'll get how to many that did, did Rogue get, though? Uh, Rogue, by the, time, um, by the time of my count... I think she was at, like, six. Yeah. She had a few. She keeps taking them out one at a time. See, that's so, yeah. something about so the X-Men, though. I'm guessing Wolverine down below got a higher kill count. Now, here's where things get difficult. Yeah, I was about to say, because then you have heroics, uh, heroic sacrifice Wolverine, who's heroic. Now, this was actually and pretty cool. When, when they get down there, he says he smells Sentinels, and he forces he forces Gambit out the door and shuts the door... And when he does that, I counted the lights in the room of the first wave that we get to see. There are seven. Yep. So before Gambit opens that door, there are seven. At least. And he might have got blasted by the eighth one that showed up. So there are seven that appear in the room. Three of them that I actually watch him take out. Confirmed guarantee. Yep. And then a pile of bodies that consisted of six heads. Yep. So I'm guessing there were at least six of them there. But is that seven of them, then three, then six? Or were there only seven in the room total and Gambit got at least two of those kills? Mm. You see where my dilemma Cause, was? Because yeah. further on, they looked like they 
piled up more. Sentinels. Exactly. So I don't know if he was moving down the shaft because it started there were seven. Yeah. And as he moves down the mine shaft, maybe they just kept coming. Yeah. Especially because then at the end, when they finally get out of the mine shaft, Wolverine is in his trunks and his fucking boots. I love that that he was all and torn he's up. Like, Wolverine, next to, are you on your day off? Well, Dude, there's that, I love that. No, we'll get quite that. literally. Wolverine is sitting there and he's like, "Damn it! The next time I try to save your life, fucking leave." And Gambit's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Gambit couldn't have done that much. I, I, You can give him credit and whatnot, but look, if Wolverine is that damaged and Gambit has no mark on him, by the time Gambit opened the door, there must not have been that much left to do. Yeah. So let's see. Then we get to... Oh, Gene and Scott. Yeah, Gene and Scott who are trying oh, to save... Oh, by the way, we did get some really interesting... Uh, it, it's quick and it's over real fast, but... um. We got to see that Wolverine's mutant powers are definitely his senses, like the way he moves, the agility, because that room was oh, pitch blackness. Black, light, black, light. The only yeah, time he light. could see is in when, the one when the moment fired. when they fired at him. Yep. And he was still dodging and moving, so he was, that was actually really impressive. Yep. Of course, with most of his uh, combat training, he probably did early on. It probably well, yeah, the combat him, training sorry. helps because after a while, like, it, there's an old saying of like, "Once a soldier, always a soldier." Yeah, and that's because once you've learned that shit, you can't unlearn it. Yeah. like it's literally it's like me and my smoking habit. I smoke. It's damn near impossible to stop. Like I can. There's ways to quit smoking. But basically just cold fucking turkey? Yeah, it's pretty fucking hard to do. And that's not like a normal skill that you pick up. That's just a bad habit. Wolverine learned skills. Like dip, dodge, dive, duck, and dodge. Don't, that shit don't go away. That's something Gohan apparently still hasn't learned. Right. How to dodge. Yeah, exactly. So, Even as an adult. Going from there, we uh, do finally get down to Kelly. Kelly's on a table. Yeah. And, um... For the first time ever, Cyclops can't stop a Sentinel. But considering the fact that that Sentinel is Master Mold... Dude, that is the first time, <laughs> not just... Look, that not just Sentinel-wise, that is the first time in this series... That Bromp hasn't stopped something. Yeah. Even the juggernaut stumbled when he was hit by that. Yeah. He knocked Apocalypse on his ass. Yep, with a bromp. And then Master Mold, he says, bromp, and that guy goes, get that shit out of here. And Scott and goes, Scott, oh, fuck. Yeah, Scott, you can see it. He was like, oh, that's that's not good. Blomp. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Master Mold is... does a blomp, blomp back to him. Yeah. Yep. Because like, literally, I did not kill literally him. it's great because the doc is sitting there yelling at Master Mold. Gene, like, levitates his, like levitates fucking Kelly off the table. And all of a sudden in the center, like, Kelly's already gone like five, ten feet. And all of a sudden Master Mold, stop. There is a mutant. <laughs> yeah. And Scott's like, Scott's like, oh, fuck, we've been found. Bromp. It's like, move the fucking table. Don't just. Get, oh, get by the way. Going back to things that we learned from previous episodes, 
episode one, when Scott is attempting to sneak. Bitch, don't look at me! <laughs> Brown! Once again, <laughs> Scott, Scott is attempting to sneak. Sneaking with a blue and yellow outfit. He is attempting to sneak. And then Master Mole is like, there's a mutant. Bitch, don't look at me. Brown! <laughs> Did not work this time. Oh. And because it didn't work, the doc Fucking... said, oh, well, fuck, there's propane lines. Hold on. As Seth put it, I'm trying to sneak. Bitch dead. Brown! Fucking, this time it did not have the same effect. <laughs> he said, Brown, oh shit, we need to go. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go now. This, Pack your shit, we gotta this, go. This has never not worked. We need to get out of here right now. <laughs> but yeah, and then like the, the fucking propane lines that they have go off because the doctor blows them up. That was pretty, in- that was pretty intelligent. And all the sentinels outside are like, Something has happened to Master Mold. Everyone we must in. protect the queen. Yeah, yeah, there's like a weird hive mentality. Like he that means that Master Mold programmed every sentinel in the world to be somehow connected to him oh. so that if something happens to him Actually that brings up a good question. The sentinels that are bringing the politicians. I think they I think that's the reason we don't hear about it is because I think whatever they were doing, they probably just stopped what they were doing. That yeah. means that they might have been dropped in air. <laughs> Happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who knows? True. Maybe. Yeah, we don't. We don't know exactly. But yeah, th- we're never given the information. And what about any politicians that were captured and in that area? Uh, bitch dead didn't work yeah. this time. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they are so they are they now are bitch dead. deads. <laughs> Oops. Especially because one. especially because there's only one other note that I have left before we get to bitches be dead, which is apparently Minecraft X Men edition looks fucking rad. Because <laughs> we need to get the fuck out of this place, Bromp. Dude, I'm leaving this mine, bro. That see, that's another and one of those things. I'm not leaving anyone behind this time. Yeah. Yes, that's all the way back in episode one. I love this hardcore. These characters started here, have learned and developed and changed and moved, and are now here at the mm-hmm. end of season one. Everything that has transpired mattered. It all led us to something. Mm-hmm. Now. I love this part though, when <laughs> Cyclops is Cyclops. The way that he moves through the mine shaft is amazing. It's so yeah. awesome because yeah, he's, he's like, brum. he's like, I could go through all these caves and twist. You know what? No, brum. he just and walks then through the wall. Eventually, he comes across fucking Gambit and Wolverine, and he's like, "What is it? Your guys' day off? Let's fucking go, dude!" I love that because he came out of the wall like they were standing there, like, "Okay, we're tired." We're all, we just killed all these sentinels. Boom! And I like how when Scott walks out, there are mounds, bodies, layers of dead sentinels everywhere. But he's not impressed because he's the sentinel killing master. Yeah. So, so he's what? He's already got 30 <laughs> yeah, under his belt before this point. Right, he's and already. He sees, a, he sees a stack of bodies, he's like, Pick up your game, boys. You need to pump them numbers up. Those yeah, he rookie sees, numbers. He sees like seven of them, and he does the math in his head, and he's like, Gambit took out one. Wolverine took out one. These are seven. That was probably a team effort. Oh, yay. You guys got four. Let's go. Like, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was, I just, that moment, though, too, when he comes out of the wall, and he runs up, and he turns around and sees them, and he's like, 
What are you guys on vacation? We going now? <laughs> yeah. like, Pick up the, the pace, boys. Let's go. I love how he just walked out, too. He's just like, brum, come on, we're going to the surface. I'm just going to walk up, up, upward. Look up. Yep. Oh, no, brum. everyone <laughs> is still in the mine. Brom. Yeah, he just comes, cause Rogue was like, I'm going back in there, and then they come out of the ground like, bitch, we don't need no help. Yeah. Got, we're cave- strong, independent men, we don't need no women. Cave, cave digging eyes. <laughs> Give a shit. But actually, this is really interesting, cause that moment is a throwback to X-Men issue one. In X-Men issue one, Magneto attempts to kill the X-Men. And the way he does it is he takes a giant tank of, like, rocket fuel and he throws it at them. And Iceman puts up an ice wall and Cyclops looks down. That's how they escape death. In the very first issue of X-Men ever, they throw that tank of of, of uh, rocket fuel yeah. and Cyclops is like, oh shit! And he looks down and just opens his eyes, and they just went down and under the tank and came up behind Magneto. Because after the explosion, Magneto's looking at it, and he's like, so is the fate of all fools who stand before... Ow! And then he gets yeah. hit by a blast, because Cyclops just comes up out of the ground like... Brow. Oh, shit, he's over there. Brow. <laughs> <laughs> Done with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you can, they, I love how easy it is to give Scott shit. But I don't think people realize just how broken he is. Uh-huh. Speaking of broken, so... Oh, here comes the enemy well, boss. Oh, well, yeah, here we go. So Charles has already gone down. Like, the Blackbird got hit. It went down. Magneto saves him. Okay, now we're going to fly at Master Mold because fuck you, you are vile, villainous scum. Oh, by the way, Apparently, there's, there's Dynamite TNT... That, no, no, no. It's because uh, I, I did the count, but I forgot to write it down. It's apparently four drums of gasoline, 12 boxes of TNT, Damn! and one red box that is marked plastic explosive, so either C3 or C4, Yep. in the Blackbird equals a nuke. So how I did would this tell you when he fell down the... I, I guess I guess because of all the dynamite, I can't make a guarantee. <clears throat> but C three, okay, C four is more stable than C three. Yep, it's a lot easier to accidentally blow yourself up with C three than it is with C four. Yep. Now this is my basic understanding of being just some guy. Yeah. But from what I understand, this is a true thing. C4 is specifically what is mostly used on sites and whatnot, because C3 is a lot easier to kill yourself. Yeah. They they generally, they use uh, C4 and deck cord for controlled demolitions. Why? Because you can not only, uh, well, control the demolition, but at the same time, the, the explosion itself is a little bit more manageable. Whereas, like Bill said, C3, it's like that scene in uh, Futurama where Fry takes the Play-Doh and kind of rubs his Uh-oh. hands together and puts it down into the... the... Oh, you, you want to talk or should I finish? I'm going to okay. let you finish, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so no, so he takes the Play-Doh, rubs it out, puts it in the safe and literally lights it with a fucking lighter. Like the same shit. C3 could just go. 
at any moment. C3. It do what it want. Exactly. <laughs> wow. It do what it want. But what I'm wondering is... Where I see... Th- what, what? Where you see three men, I see four... Wait, what? Boom! <laughs> but why didn't the stuff explode when Xavier crashed? Well, because with Magneto all that, saved his ass. With all that gas and everything. Yeah. No, I mean... The first time after getting hit by the Sentinel. Oh, yeah, the no. Sentinel well, see, here's where things, took out an engine. Here's where things get really confusing. When the jet went down, there was nothing in it. But when it went after Master Mold... Well, so no, that no, no, means... no, no, because, again, the, the jet gets hit with a fucking blast from a Sentinel. The yes. engine goes out, it goes into, like, a tailspin. And why doesn't that Because do Magneto says, stop! Yeah, but... And literally sets the motherfucker down gentle. But here's the question... Is all that shit already there? And if it is, that means they felt the need (laughs) to bring a bunch of highly dangerous, crazy explosions. And it filled the whole back of the jet, which means it's not possible that everybody came in the jet, but they did. So this means that they got there, got out of the jet, the jet went down, Magneto saved it, then they loaded it up with a bunch of death. Yeah. What, do you think that those were bucket seats they flew in on? No, they <laughs> sat on that. Yeah, because yeah. that would be great. So Xavier became a suicidal, genocidal, homicidal. No, because technically speaking, he was... Uh... Okay, first of all, you can't be genocidal against robots. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, I was like, who the fuck is here? Because for some reason I kept thinking Shane was going to be here, but... He's he's hosting a party because he moved into a new place. But fucking uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, you you can't be genocidal because it's not a race you're blowing up. You're blowing up robots. You can't be homicidal because in order to commit homicide, you must kill a Homo sapien. Robots do not fall under such uh, <laughs> such scrutiny. Suicidal, eh, maybe, but considering the fact that he's got a jectocedo bitch. He has that weird, uh, this this scene is really weird because one uh the blackbird doesn't open from the top now yeah. so if he pulls the ejection seat the way he did technically he just, he's going to splonk into yeah, the Yeah, he now. just should have foot of flew into the top of the jet and killed himself. Um yeah. Considering the fact, though, that he has Magneto, I guess, giving him a shield. I mean, technically, Magneto could But that said, still uh, means that Xavier built that jet with, the jet with ejector seats to uh, give you a full sense of escape. So if you're just about to die... So did anyone else besides Xavier know this? That's Scott, Scott, like, one day if Scott's in the Blackbird, and he's got, like, four or five people in the Blackbird, because look at the Blackbird's design all the way across the back. The seats go all the way through the back. Yeah. If every single one of them can eject like this, the top doesn't open. <laughs> yep. So this means that at any given time, Scott could have been like, we're getting out of here. And he could have pulled a lever, and all of them just would have smashed into the ceiling and died. Yeah. Most of them. Rogue would have been like, oh, fuck, that hurt. Wolverine would have, Wolverine wouldn't have died, but he still would have been the same boat. He would have been like, like, why would you do that? (laughs) Technically speaking, Wolverine wouldn't even fucking pull the full, pull the fucking cord. He just, ah, well, I guess I'm going down. Oh, well. Yeah, it's. I'll see you guys in an hour. Like, 
Storm would paste. Scott yeah. would paste. Gene maybe with the psychokinetic shield, but I, so far the evidence of what I've been shown in this show, she would paste. Yeah. Yeah, technically Rogue and Wolverine. If Jubilee was in there, she'd be paced. So unless yeah. you have Magneto, yeah, unless you have Magneto living, with yeah. you, the ejector seat is there, but you can't really use it. <laughs> unless something happens to the top of the Blackbird, in which case, have fun. Ejector seat. I guess. Because you're not going to splat. At least not immediately. But then they kill him. With a... Jet plane full of explosions. And this sets us on course all the way back in episode three, four. And now we're frenemies again. It was four. Episode four is when the senator put his campaign up for presidency. Yep. And that is when he started talking about the mutant deportation. Yep. And now, he's here in this. Yep. Here all the way this, in this part, he's now had a set of circumstances that has changed his mind. And that sets us on a whole new course moving forward into the future. Yep. Because while we do need to be careful of mutants who use their power for evil, we need to also be certain not to harm mutants who are trying to use their powers to save. Which is completely separate from, Fuck mutants! Get them all! So... Ding, 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 banjo. So, this was season one... Oh. Oh, we're not Beast, done yet. Beast because, gets freed. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, because that, yeah. Because he's in the middle of reading, uh, I guess it's uh, Isaac, and I know I'm going to fuck up the last name, uh, Asimov's uh, book, The Immortal Bard, which after digging a little bit of a, uh, uh, doing a little bit of digging, it's kind of got like a three-parter to it, because technically it's a science fiction book that is not only an ode, but a satire to the works of William Shakespeare. Because, of course, he loved Shakespeare, but he's also making fun of how some of the tropes are. Like, I love you, let's kill ourselves. <laughs> right. And, I'm fucking insane, but I need to become king again. And other crazy shit like that. And then at the same time, uh, what is it? it? The book itself also makes fun of the fact of, while science fiction at the time was becoming more and more like generally accepted... Inside of, because I guess the dude wrote it as like a college thesis type of thing in his English class. But I guess, uh, uh, what is it, like, it, it was becoming more accepted by other universities, but some of the professors who had been there for ages were, quote, dinosaurs at the time, and they still saw science fiction as pure, utter bullshit that didn't need to be written. Like, okay, you want to dabble in fantasy, that's fine, dabble in fantasy, just not in my goddamn classroom, you son of a bitch, you know. That type of shit, which we've all had that fucking teacher, you know, fucking do it the old way because the old way's the right way and anything new is fucking dog shit. Hell, we all know people that are like that. Not naming names. Yes, Bill, there's a cat scratching at a scratching post. But then, after after they're freed and fucking... Jubilee and everybody give them all hugs after, you know, because of course we forgot to make mention as well that fucking Rogue gave Gambit a big ass kiss by putting her hand over his fucking face. And then which, like, which that comes what back to what I was, this bitch? that comes back to what I was saying. The reason she reacts the way she does to him is because he was not there for himself 
or for a better cause, he went because she went. And then, knowing that he didn't want to go there in the first place when there was a chance that he was dead in in the mine shaft, she was going to go down there. Yep. And then when he escapes... And she's all like, oh, thank God, and this and that, and then she's very appreciative, and she kisses him. She does. She has to do a special kind of kiss. She has to put her hand over his mouth and whatnot so she doesn't hurt him. But she kisses him, and then he's like, he's like, man, you confuse me. <laughs> but uh, after Beast gets freed, uh, Scott pops the question. Yes. Yep. And somebody's a-watching. Yep. A, a quote, all can... Or, or what is it? it uh, the quote is something like, uh, nothing gets past sinister. Yeah. Meanwhile, the voice that's used is uh, something else that's going to come into play near the end of this uh, near the end of this season once we come back to it. Everybody's favorite green blob in a robo chair. That's right. That's who that was. It says sinister, but that's not who that was. Yep. That was Mojo. Uh-huh. I, I kind of... Yeah, the voice, that was Mojo doing the watching. Yep. He's been watching them like a television series, because hmm. they could be worth good ratings later. Hmm. Ironic, isn't it? Good ratings. So... Speaking of ratings... <laughs> Here we are. This is the end of this. So just for the sake of, we've now finished a season. The first season of the 90s X. Rate it. Ooh. I can't remember. We we do it for the DVDs. We always do it uh, uh, by... Nope, just rate it. If If this is season one... How does this hold up today? Is this worth watching the series? If you if you had no experience with this show, you just watched this, what's the guarantee that you tell people, look, you probably need to watch this whole series? Oh, now, yeah, it's, tr- it's... it's true that just like with Star Trek, you got season one, season two, season three. If you rated the entire thing on season one, it would be magnificent. Season three holds it back. But this is just the idea standing right here, right now, for season one, I'm giving it a four. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That's a little bit difficult because it, it's definitely way the fuck up there in terms of score. Like, don't get me wrong. There's quite a few things that hold it back from being perfect. Like, some of the jokes and puns get a little shitty, but at the same time, I also know that's because of, you know, fucking... What is, it, what is it? The the thing that the fucking FCC has for fucking... It's like a, a parents' action against television or some shit. One of those fucking activist groups that doesn't need to fucking exist because a mother watched a cartoon where somebody picked their nose and all of a sudden, my child will see this and they will become corrupted and worship Satan. Get this off of my television. That's some serious nose picking, by the see, way. For, for this, So shit like that gets fucking obnoxious, so they got to drag and hold back the shows because of that shit. But He's talking about the stuff that came down. They, they were handed a list of ridiculous... Ridiculous circumstances yeah. that said, like, uh, 
Sabretooth and Wolverine are not allowed to punch each other closed fist. They will not be allowed to collide in massively violent ways. No blood um, cuts. No blood cuts, they said. Like it was it was outrageous the stipulations that were brought down. But uh yeah, for me oh, I give Parents it, Television Council, that's what it is. I give it four because um it was awesome and to me still is awesome with its parts that I loved about it. All the action, all the plot details, the story that it has with it. I would have given it a five if I didn't have to additionally think the whole extra philosophical extra stuff. Right. Like the, like the whole beast being in jail and staying in jail for 90% of the season. <laughs> Right, but see, that's it's it's almost a shame that the way we're going to do this show, we're not moving directly into season two because season two will show you the philosophical application implications of what ended up happening because they played the long game, because they didn't just break him out and do things like that, and he got his freedom of true accord. The second season. He actually goes job hunting and all kinds of other stuff, and he walks down the street without the trench coat, without having to hide who he is. People know him by name. Yep. I think he even starts seeing a lady. Yeah, yeah, I think he does too. Like, there's a lot that goes good for him because he's viewed as a positive figure in not just mutant society, but, but human society. society. I don't know. I'm going to have to give this some bitch about a uh, 4.6, 4.7. I'm, I'm just going to say 4.6. Fuck it. Because, like I said, because of the fucking PTC and all their fucking. You fucking the children will see this and they'll become. They just need to take the dildos out of their assholes and fucking calm down. Like, quite literally, I'm looking at the list, and half of the fe the fucking people that are, you know, chairmans and founders of this shit are, like, goody-goody Christian types, which, no offense, if you have religion, enjoy having your religion. Don't fucking force it down other people's throats. It's the only thing I ever ask of anybody. So, like, just, yeah, but, I'm yeah. at 4.5. I think the biggest thing dragging this series down... It's real simple. There are certain things that they were not allowed to do. One of the biggest problems I've ever had mm -hmm. with series like this, and X-Men gets hit by this real hard, there are certain questions we're not allowed to ask. Yep. Like, you, go in, you went into the philosophical atmosphere. One of the philosophical questions we're never going to get to ask is Wolverine's attitude... And their attitude. Yep. Wolverine cut nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Well, he He's, cuts up some sentinels, but it right. doesn't matter. That's, that's fucking, that'd be the exact same thing as if he sliced up a car. Who gives a fuck? See, now... The car does not exist. It's not real. It has no feelings, in, no thoughts, no nothing. In the X-Men, in after X-Men Giant Size number 1, when they introduce Wolverine to the team... Everybody just sees him as this guy with claws. Yep. It is not until, like, the fifth issue of that run where this monster 
is unleashed on the house that they all fight the monster. And then Wolverine makes this judgment call that nobody else was willing to make. They fight the monster like he's a man. Wolverine jumps on it, goes nuts, tears it limb from limb, covers himself in the in the room in blood, stands up and says, it's done. Yep. And the team is horrified. They're scared. I'm, you can see it on their faces. They're like, oh, my God. Like, Wolverine what just... just him piece by piece. Yeah, yeah, they're like, what just happened? And Wolverine is like, I'm not playing games here. That thing was going to kill us all. I made the call. Yeah. Threat averted. Now let's move on and get to things that matter today. Yeah. And because, the because team, originally Wolverine was designed for killing. The team for weeks after that, like uh, every other issue, they were kind of like, he was the guy that was in the house that they were like, you know, that guy's dangerous. Yep. He might not be a good thing to have around. So when Sabretooth shows up, we're given the idea that Wolverine is that person, but we never got to see it. And we yeah. never got to really see why he's that person. Because it, what did Sabretooth really do? Scratched his tummy. Trick us and scratch a tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Which it. Apparently a scratched tummy deserves, you know, bandages from shoulder to shoulder and all the way down into the fucking kneecaps. And they didn't. they didn't allow us... To question certain aspects. Like, um, there's there's something that we're never going to get to question. Like, when you go to Season 2, it'll reveal Mr. Sinister, but it won't reveal what Mr. Sinister actually did to Scott. Yeah. Mr. Sinister ran the orphanage that Scott grew up in. Yep. And he'd been genetically testing Scott for years. Because mm. he believes that Scott and Gene have a specific gene pool that will lead to a perfect a perfect baby, a specimen that will grow up with a power set capable. that will be capable of killing apocalypse. Yep, cable. Yes. Yeah. He wants that. And the only reason Scott and Gene ever got together he he basically like forced it. Yeah. He created the scenarios hmm. that allowed them to get together. Now, then you go and then you go into the question, well, does that mean their relationship is real? Or we'll is never get to ask a question like bullshit. that. We'll never get to ask questions like that. Why? So, because the fucking television people who were afraid that our children are going to see this and wonder what's going on so, said no. We are at 4.36 repeating, so that's 4.37. That was this entire thing. Now, we have two choices. One that is guaranteed. We're going to be doing season ones as we hop around so that we can get a lot of material in here. The next season one that we're going to go over is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Original animated series. Back in Season one. Five episodes. Yep. Yep. Easy. We'll cut through them. It'll be enjoyable. But, before we move to that, we did skip something in X-Men. 
We need to watch the pilot. Didn't we see? There was a pilot produced another, for this series. Another lost pilot. There was a series. There was a pilot produced that did not get a series, and instead, when everything came full circle, the pilot ended up giving rise to the 1980s video game, and then later on we got this series. So there's technically one episode left, and wow, is it an episode. I was going to say, what's what's it listed under? Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Hold on. Day of the Mutant or something like that? So So is it? We'll Dawn just, of the Mutants we'll or something? listed under like a lost pilot for X-Men. Uh, uh, I have it. Okay. It's, uh... That means me and Seth will probably have to dig it up somehow. It's wild. You could see it on YouTube for free. It's on there. There's there's no copyright things or anything behind it. Nobody gives a shit about it. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that... I think we should at least see that. And give us time to actually Pride watch Turtles. Pride of the X-Men. That's it. Because I got it right here on YouTube. Literally, X-Men animated series pilot punched into Google. First thing comes up. Videos. So Wait. Fucking Pride? Pride. Of Pride of the X-Men. As in Kitty Pride? As in Kitty Pride. Wow. This, this pilot consisted of Colossus, Gene, Storm, Kitty Pride, Wolverine. Oh, and a massive, crazy, strange, I don't know if it's an irony or a strange kind of foretelling that we could have never seen coming. Wolverine is Australian in this pilot. Oh, yeah, that one, yeah. And then later on, an Australian will play Wolverine. Yep. <laughs> for 20 years. Before finally having to give it up because he's too goddamn old for this shit. Yeah. Wow. So that's that. Too old for this shit. Hey guys, did you like that podcast? If so, remember to check out fandomnight.com. At fandomnight.com, you can drop a line to this show or you can check out other podcasts as well. We cover all kinds of topics everything from comic books, wrestling, movies, TV shows. Video games, animes, mangas, it's outrageous. We seem to have a podcast for just about everything, and you have access to it just by going over to fandomnight.com. So check it out, guys. We're going to get out of here.